Hi, we're the ladies of LifeSite, and we're so glad you're here. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face every day from our unique perspectives. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Ladies of LifeSite. I'm Rebecca and I've got an afternoon cup of coffee today because coffee is finally tasting good again, so I'm excited about that. So I just want to say grab something yummy to drink or snack on, whatever gets your fancy, and let's dive into this conversation. We have Hannah Peterson on today, and I would really much rather have her tell us the reason she's joining us today in her own words. So let's just dive in. Hannah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to get this story out and just shine some light on some things. So a couple of months ago, I was I was up at my son's school, and as you ladies, I'm sure know, moms, volunteers aren't really invited to school right now. So, you know, going up there and seeing what's going on has been a rare thing this year, but on this instance, he needed some medication. So I went up to his school, and when I got there, of course, I see all these kids outside, you know, second graders during PE with masks on, and... It was so hot that day and so humid. I put my mask on because I had to wear it to get into the office. And I just walked from my car to the office and I was, I was feeling like suffocating, you know, and I see them running and playing with their faces covered. And it just, it lit a fire in me. It it just, I, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing, to be honest with you. And so later that afternoon, when my son got home, we sat down and we had a conversation And I asked him about, you know, wearing the mask outside. And I guess I just assumed that the school would have enough sense to not put masks on children outside in the heat. And and I I never thought I'd even have to ask that question. But here we are, you know, asking him about the situation. You wear a mask outside and what happens if you take it down? Do they allow you to take it down? And he goes on to tell me that, no, they're not allowed to take it down at any time outside. And he said that... If they do take it down, then they're yelled at across the, the courts by the PE coach through a megaphone. And he said, one time I, I couldn't breathe. I was catching my breath because I was running laps and I took my mask down below my nose and my mouth and I was I was breathing deep and she yelled at me and I didn't put it back up right away and she made me run more laps as a consequence. And, you know, one thing I've been really trying to make clear is I know that kids, especially second graders, they, they can get their stories mixed up. I mean, we all have kids. We know that their stories need to be vetted <laughs> and checked. And, you know, it's just a smart thing to do anyway, especially if I'm going to take action on this. So I, I started reaching out to some other um, moms whose children go to the school and getting some feedback. And it was so consistent to this particular coach and what they, they had been dealing with with their children that I knew at that point that everything he said was true and that I needed to to do something about it. So I can pause there if you'd like, if you guys had any questions or anything. I don't want to ramble on. So first, you you live in Florida, right? I do, yes. yes. I live so, in central Florida. Yeah, so the hot and humid is, is pretty normal and regular. So this isn't like a, you know, it was a one-off day. This was pretty consistent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
this instance of him like pulling down his mask and then having to run additional laps, was that like a couple of weeks or months before or had that happened like the day that you went to the school? He said that it it was happening throughout the school year and he had just not told me about it, you know, which is even more concerning because this is becoming normal. This is becoming normal treatment, normal behavior for kids in school to where they're not even coming home and telling their parents. My kids, you know, tell me everything, but this is just on a day-to-day basis. Their face is being covered and he just thought it was, it was the right thing. So it wasn't until I began to ask questions that he started telling me and, and seeing my reaction started realizing, huh, yeah, this isn't right. This isn't, this isn't supposed to be this way. What happened after this? Did he go back to school? How did you decide to start fighting? Like what, what happened? I sent him back to school. The reason I have gotten a lot of uh, feedback on that, you know, why didn't you take your kids out of school? Why didn't you just homeschool them right there? My kids love school. They do, they thrive in school. I actually was a homeschool mom and we, we decided to, to put them in a, in a charter school. And, and I just felt like they deserved for me to fight for them to be in the place where they, that they love and that they thrive in and, and go that route first. So that's what I did. I started a private Facebook group and I just began to invite, you know, any and everyone that I knew in our County that had school age kids and encouraged them to invite people and so on. And we really spent a good week growing that page right off the bat, had a few moms rally uh, really tightly to me and just, what do you need? What can I do? And I said, just, we need to grow this page. If we're going to fight this, we have to have a big group of moms. So that's what we did. We got our our group to almost 10,000 members pretty quickly and decided from that point that we needed to start taking some some steps now that we have the support what what's next so we look on the calendar there's a school board meeting it was two weeks after the date that we started the page i planned a a rally at the school board and we had a bunch of you know medical professionals parents and students volunteer to speak. So they all um, showed up at the at the rally. We had, I think we ended up with like 600 people there, which was amazing. And from that point, the school board was, was pretty much unresponsive. We weren't getting any kind of, of, you know, feedback from them at all. They were just completely silent on us. So the rally just kind of felt like a flop in a lot of ways. And, and it kind of made us just curious, why aren't they responding? Why aren't they, you know, we, we, we've sent and emailed them all of these pictures of kids with MRSA on their faces and pictures of masks that had holes in them from kids with special needs that were eating through their masks during the day. I mean, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of stories and pictures that were sent to them, as well as close to 800 emails that we had parents send to the school board members and no response from them. So we start to dig a little bit more. And right about the time we're digging into this, Governor DeSantis released the state of Florida from the emergency order that we were under. So we kind of all started a celebratory, yay, now for sure they're going to lift this mandate. But they didn't. So as we're digging, we come to find out that the union, Polk Education Association here in Polk County, had signed an agreement, an MOU, with the um, Polk County School Board in the beginning of the year as a part of their reopening plan that, that they had to keep the masks in place 
for the remainder of that MOU. And if at any point the school board lifted it, then teachers could walk off the job and continue getting paid. So they were it had a backdoor deal with the union, which is why they weren't listening to the parents or listening to these horrific stories that we were putting right in front of them. That's just so disheartening. It's really sad. I mean, it, the union is part of a much bigger issue when it comes to our, our children's education, I think. But it's especially heartbreaking to me because the incidence of COVID-19 in kids 2 to 11, and I'm looking at the CDC website right now, is 0.00019%. 19 kids per 100,000. 0.00019%. That's three zeros after that decimal point right there. Make those statistics to the school board too. It's crazy. And that's terrible. We're going to mask these children and we're going to make them, I mean, like you said, your son just starts to think it's normal. I've heard of some kids who are, you know, three years old. And so for the better part of their life that they remember, they've been wearing a mask. Some of them now that their parents are telling them they don't have to wear masks, don't want to take them off. And I'm sorry, but we shouldn't be jeopardizing our children's mental health for something like this, but we most certainly shouldn't be jeopardizing their physical health. When your kids are outside exercising, we all need oxygen, but especially these little kiddos and their brains and their all of their muscles, Having a mask on is just ludicrous. After you guys found out about the teachers union making this little backdoor deal, I'll admit I I might at first shot when I heard about that, I might get quite discouraged and just think, okay, well, these unions have all the power. They've got all the money. They lobby politicians all the time. I mean, what am I going to do? So I'm, I'm really curious to find out what, how did, how did you guys take that news? It was disheartening, but... At the same time, we can't forget that we're bigger than them. I don't care who who is in office or who's in a position of power, whether it be the school board or our county legislators. The citizens are bigger, and we actually have the power. We put them in those places, and we can take them out of those those leadership positions. And so that is what fueled me is just the knowledge of knowing that you know, we have constitutional rights and, and this is still a democracy and we have the power to fight this. We just have to keep pressing on and keep encouraging the group that will do whatever we have to do and take it as far as we have to take it. And so with that, we just began to, to first of all, pray. That was my first step is just to pray and say, God, you know what, here we are. What do you, what do you have for us next? What are the next steps? And right around that time, I got a private message from the Facebook group from an attorney in Gainesville. And he said, I've been fighting these cases in Florida. If you would like any help, please reach out to me. And he gave me a cell phone number. So I gave him a call and he kind of went over his background and and possible strategies in developing a lawsuit. But he's in Gainesville and we're here and he really needed us to do a lot of work because, you know, a lot of it was gathering the plaintiffs and doing all, you know. So we just got a group of us together. I think there was maybe five of us working hard on it. And we just did a lot of recruiting on our page 
do you have a story about your child, how he was physically or mentally harmed um, by wearing a mask this year? Please private message me. We continued to flood the page with this and we just got more and more stories and more and more moms saying, yes, I'll take part in this lawsuit. And we gathered all the plaintiffs. We ended up with 46 plaintiffs, 18 of them being children. And we we created a, a file that we shared with the attorney and we dropped all of these, aff- or not affidavits, but they're actually called, they're, they're, it's like a, an agreement between them and the lawyer that we're gonna move forward. So it's like the, the precursor to an affidavit. So we got all of those for him. And he worked on getting their affidavits filled out. And right now we, I mean, what is it, two weeks ago now? Yep, two weeks ago, almost to the day, they fought, he filed the complaint with the school board. And today, actually, we just had a call with him. The summons has been sent to the sheriff's office here, and they will be served at some point in the next day or two. So that's kind of where we're at now. When I talked to the attorney, obviously he wanted to work for free, but he had come out $50,000 of his own money on the last case that he was on. He said, listen, just whatever you guys can, can pull together. So we started a, you know, a Fundly account and just kept spreading that on the page as we're collecting stories. We had all these moving parts and we ended up coming up with the amount of money that he was satisfied with and sent that over to him and he's been doing an amazing job ever since and so we're hoping to have a hearing before june that's beautiful how you your community has really banded together and it's really amazing and encouraging i think that it's also really important as you're talking my mom heart kind of is lit on fire because when something does happen to our kiddos I know I said the union sounds a little daunting, but there's almost nothing that can stop us when somebody's coming after our kids. The passion that comes with that and the fire. I I was just thinking about all the work you guys are doing. That's that's a lot of legwork. And so I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful that you're standing up not only for your son, but for all of these other kids as well. I would just like to kind of emphasize slash ask a clarifying question. So if the if the complaint was just filed, are the kiddos still wearing masks in school? They are. School is actually out on Thursday, but yes, they are still wearing masks in school. The interesting thing, this is going to really upset you. We, um, in that MOU, in that agreement with the, the union, it never said that the kids had to wear the mask outside, but the school board never communicated that with any of the principals in our county. So they had our children masked outside and it wasn't even written that it had to be that way according to their policy. And I want to tell you what they did. Instead of writing the mask mandate under the governor's emergency order like they should have done, because that's a temporary thing, you know, the, the, uh, an emergency order is just a temporary thing. It doesn't last forever. So anything that kind of attaches itself to that emergency order also becomes temporary, which is why when the governor lifted that, the majority of schools also lifted their mandate. However, Polk County instead of writing it under the the governor's emergency order, they put it into policy under their student code of conduct under dress code. So they actually made this a part of their dress code, which is a permanent thing. And it was very difficult to try and convey this to our, to our page because everybody was celebrating, oh, they, you know, they should be lifting the mandate anytime we had to keep explaining, no, they are not going, if they lift the mandate, we have no assurance that they won't in December of next year, say, 
to all parents to whom it may concern, we are notifying you to let you know that there's been an uprise in flu cases. There's been an uprise in COVID cases. So we are now going to um, going to reinstate the mask policy until further notice. That's how they wrote it to where they could execute that and and or activate it rather they could activate that that mask policy however and whenever they they choose wow well and then you add in the fact that the cdc has already come out and basically said even even with all of this you know these vac- vaccines coming out and all of the you know their change in their policy and and everything that they're still saying oh kids are probably still going to have to wear masks over the summer at camps and it'll be likely that they're wearing it in school so if you know if all of these schools are anticipating it then obviously you know your Polk County school district is already prepped and ready for that with how they've written this policy there's so much control and you know I, I don't know at what point we, we lost it as parents, but I, at some point, you know, we kind of transitioned from an era where we could drop our kids off and know that they would be taken care of and that they would be looked after and cared for in their best interest. And in that, in that transition of things changing and, you know, unions getting more control and more, more of these policies being put out there, parents lost touch and it sort of snuck in on us. And that is the biggest problem right now is that we don't know what's going on. We, we don't know what's being, the things that they're trying to, you know, not to jump topic, but just to throw out there that, in through this page and the, the 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 sort of inside information that we've gotten through teachers that are that have our backs, we've been sent all kinds of materials and things, critical race theory and pornographic things with sex education, talking about things that I would be embarrassed to even say um, with you ladies um, being sent to elementary school kids. And why don't we know about that? Why don't why do they feel the liberty to parent our kids? Is it because Maybe we're not doing our jobs at home. Maybe we're not, you know, being the supportive parent role at home. Maybe we're not asking enough questions. Why aren't we showing up at these monthly school board meetings? We have a right to be there. Why aren't we sitting in the classrooms from time to time? We also have the right to be there or have had the right to be there in the past. So I think that's a huge wake-up call for our county in general. I mean, hopefully this will spread to other counties and other other moms will be, you know, just inclined to tune in and, and be involved and ask questions and demand answers because that's how we're going we're gonna to get change. We have to take control back of our kids. If, if, if that makes sense. I actually was just thinking when you were talking about kind of losing, losing touch with what the school is doing, you know, that there's been so much, so much in the news and, and a lot of information is coming out about critical race theory and all of this sex ed happening and some other things that these teachers are just taking liberty with teaching young children. And like you said, some things that you know, we'd be embarrassed to talk about when some of these things, I'm even reading some of these articles and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And <laughs> I'm 30. Of course, I I was homeschooled. So I guess you could say I was sheltered, but I did get out, <laughs> out in the world enough <laughs> in college. But I do want to shift gears a little bit because kind of what was on my mind while you're talking about 
the lawyer kind of asking you to pull together all of this information and and kind of take it on. I want to get a little, maybe a little bit personal and just kind of ask what was going on in your mind and heart and kind of how were you dealing with not necessarily the stress of that, because like Maddie mentioned, you know, we mamas, that mama bear can come out and we're kind of ready to tackle anything. But kind of how did you process that information? How did you handle gathering it? Especially if that's not your background, I would be a little bit nervous to kind of say, yeah, I'm going to pull together all of this information for a lawyer. So kind of what was going on kind of emotionally and spiritually? How were you handling all of that? Right around this time, I was hit with the weirdest sickness I've ever had in my life. I don't I still don't know really what it what it was, but I had I was in bed for a week with high fevers and I had the most extreme joint pain all throughout my body. I couldn't walk to the to the bathroom. I couldn't hold a cup. And my husband ended up taking me to the emergency room. And I'm kind of waiting on some follow-up blood work. But really what it boiled down to was a, a stress, like a liver, a liver stress situation that, that was actually causing my liver to spit out all of these things that was poisoning my body. And when that happened, and this is all, you know, within the past few weeks, I... I just really stopped. I mean, it was like, I'm the kind of person that if somebody tells me to go, I'm usually already a mile down the road. <laughs> and I do things a lot of times in my own strength and just kind of get on a rat wheel and go, 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 go. And and the Lord stopped me and reminded me that this is bigger than me. It's bigger than anything I can do in my own strength. And he's not going to allow me to do it in my own strength. And he sort of reset me and checked me and just through a lot of prayer with my husband and moving forward. And I said, God, I'll stop now. I'll pull out of all of this. Just make it go away. You can do that. You know, if, if this isn't for me, you can you can put this on someone else's plate. And I felt like the Lord just told me that this is for me, but I, I have to do it with, with him. I have to stay close to him and allow every decision, everything to be made in prayer and seeking him throughout the entire process. So that was kind of my check my my recheck from the God from God just saying, you know, pulling the reins back a little bit on me. And after I came to that and I felt a peace moving forward and God obviously didn't remove anything from my plate. It, in fact, more things came to me, but I felt less stressed and I felt the burden lighter because I felt like the Lord was really carrying that with me. And so, you know, as far as handling this stuff with the attorney, because we were jumping right on that right as I started to get better. First of all, I know our attorney just knows we're a bunch of moms, you know, and I, I knew his expectation wasn't for us to be, you know, official legal assistance or, or, you know, anything like that. So I didn't feel any kind of pressure. I just, again, like what you said, really driven by that mom, mom passion to just defend not only my kids, because I'll be honest with you, my kids really were not as severely affected as the majority of the kids on the page. And it became a fight for them, for all kids. And it just really fueled me. And And the Lord has given me strength and wisdom in ways that I don't have in me. And it just, it's just him. It's just something that he has, for some reason, called me to. And I said, yes, literally, that's all I've done. He's done the rest. Lisa and I have talked a lot about just finding peace and, and lifting things up to the Lord. So I think that that's, I think that's perfect. So Hannah, I want to just kind of ask this whole situation clearly has just 
I mean, opened up doors and, but it's lit a fire within you. And so what is kind of your, your message to any moms out there in other states or other cities who are maybe in a similar situation or are really not sure if they have a voice or how their voice can make a difference if they're in kind of a similar situation of, you know, how do we stand up for our kids? So kind of what's your message for them and what's your encouragement for them as a mom who's kind of going through it and you're in the weeds right now of all of it? Well, for one thing, if if I can do it, if God can use me, he can use anybody. <laughs> so be obedient and be bold and be brave and be unabashed in your beliefs and what you know is right for you, for your family, for your kids. Don't be intimidated by by our, our quote unquote leadership and, and within our counties. Just get the support that you need, you know, start starting with your family. You know, that's one thing I want to say is, you know, if you are a mom wanting to take this on, make sure you have the support of your husband because, you know, I've been very busy and my husband has had to pick up the slack and take care of things at home. And he's gladly done it because that's a part of the fight that he's in to, to help me and help us as a family move forward in this. So starting with that, you know, the support of your family and then looking outward from that, get the support of your closest friends that, you know, are like-minded that, that, you know, think that this is wrong and, and start a plan, you know, now, now you're not alone. Now you maybe have one or two or three people around you. And from there you continue to network out and network out and network out through those people and their friends and their connections and so on and so forth. And you just really focus on building and getting, getting support from the people in your community. That is the first and most important step because I would not recommend going in and trying to fight something like this on your own. There's no way I could have done it. Many hands make light work and you have to go out and, and find those hands that are willing to serve and willing to, to take up this, this fight with you for, for their children as well. And, you know, after that, Things will just naturally fall into to line and um, seeking the Lord through it, obviously, and keeping your eyes open to what's going on within the school board, gathering information. All of those things will kind of come in, in a different process for everyone. But those two first things, you know, getting the support of your family and getting the support of, of the people around you and growing from there is, is how you get started. That's how we got started. You obviously are doing stuff within your local community, and then you've been doing some interviews and conversations, getting this message out there. So do you have like resources or other information for kind of detailing how you did this or is you know is that kind of coming or is that something that you have on your plate or is that going to be for somebody else to kind of handle well we actually I do have a website that was created for me actually and and I can receive messages on there at stopmaskingkids.com but through this page and the networking that we've done in this process we have sort of partnered with a grassroots movement that's starting here in Polk County and it's County Citizens Defending Freedom, so CCDF. And they are basically, take what we did with the masks and apply it to everything, to all of our leaders, to all of the, the things that are happening in big corporations and you name it. That's what they're doing. They're doing the exact same thing on a way bigger scale. They're exposing and shining light on things. They're gathering information through through the their following. And then they take that information and they put it back 
on the citizens and make them aware of what's going on. And then they formulate some sort of plan of action, whether it means, you know, emailing or lawsuit or, you know, getting in front of the media whatever it is, they, they take some sort sort of steps in that direction. It's a brand new grassroots movement, but it it's going to be just, just be looking out for CCDF. We have, you know, General Flynn, he travels all over the nation. He talks about CCDF a lot, him and the president, they speak on a daily basis. He's highly engaged and he has challenged the president to create a model here, a business model for this grassroots movement that can be picked up and taken from this county to that county to that county and hopefully become nationwide. We've got Turning Point USA interns, We've got Alliance Defending Freedoms attorneys that have that have partnered with them and Heritage Foundation. So they've got a lot of of great backing and it's spreading. I was just driving down the road the other day and I see a CCDF ball cap on somebody's dashboard. And my brother calls me and says, I saw three people today with a CCDF hat. And we had just had our first meeting a week prior. So people are are excited to to get involved and, and to, to start making changes on this level. So I would highly recommend um, anyone to go on their website. It's their, the new one, website will be out on the 18th of this month, but you can still go and visit it at ccdfusa.com and be looking out for them and what they're doing. I'm working very closely with them now as well and can be contacted through both of those sources. I love when you get to start working, you know, with organizations and then that just starts blossoming. I think it, I don't know, it's just exciting to see, (laughs) to see that fun stuff. Ladies, do you have any other questions for Hannah? Well, I think Hannah, just as you know, you said school is ending in a few days. So is there much that you can do over the summer or is the fight going to kind of come back around in the fall once school starts? What does that kind of look like for you? No, we're going to keep fighting through the summer. There's a good chance actually on Tuesday, we're having a press release. Our attorney is going to actually speak in front of the school board because they're having a meeting to vote on that policy, whether to take it out or not. Even if they take that policy out, we've decided to continue with this lawsuit. And the reason is vaccines are next. There's other issues that are coming and we need to set a precedence with the school board that we're not going to stand for it. And we will bring legal action if we have to. You know, our kids have suffered a long time this year And it was through this deal that they made. And we think that a justifying action on our end is to pursue the lawsuit and and carry that through the summer. So they will have the hearings and do all of that during the summertime, which I think is even better not being during school times because, you know, it's kind of hard to to focus on all of that when our when our kids are in school, you know, so I think it actually might work out really good. You raise a really important point, Hannah that our freedoms are being trampled on, and especially those of our kids, right? It's a very important place to start the fight and to continue the fight, depending on who you are. And that we can't just give up and be pacified just because, you know, oh, okay, well, it'll be fine. They're going to lift the mask mandate for next year. Oh, okay, it's okay. You know, vaccines aren't required just yet. It's, It's important to stand up and fight for each one of our freedoms because it's little by little that they chip, that that government politicians, whomever, chips away at that strength, that persistence, and that stubbornness that we hold inside of ourselves. And slowly but surely, all of our freedoms are gone. We just keep slowly giving them away. I believe it's like a Russian proverb, I guess, so to speak. But, 
you know, it, it's about a pig being in a completely open pasture and somebody comes up and builds just one side of the fence around the pig and the pig doesn't notice. And then the other side of the fence. And so now we've got an L. Pig still doesn't notice. This third side goes in and we go from an open pasture to this almost closed off pen. Pig still doesn't notice. And finally that last side gets in and all of a sudden the pig's in this tiny little enclosure. And it's the same thing with our freedoms. It's the same idea of, you know, a frog in boiling water doesn't notice until it's already it's already dead. And so and that's why it's so important what you're doing. And it's so important for all of us as moms, as community members, as whomever we are, to keep fighting, to not give up. Even if it seems like something little, it seems unimportant. Oh, I just wore my mask into the grocery store today. It was easier. Or, you know, oh, I just, just let it go. The school year's almost done. We've got to stand up and we've got to fight. And so I really want to commend you for what you're doing. I want to thank you because... You know, my kids aren't in school yet. I can't go out and fight that fight just yet. And so it's people like you that are so inspiring and encouraging, but you're building a beautiful foundation for all of, you know, maybe my future kids or any of the kids that are of, of the same age as my children. And so it's a huge thank you from me, from all of us, um, and a big encouragement to all of the other women out there that are listening to just keep up that good fight. Nothing is really too insignificant. If God puts it on your heart, to, you know, defend freedom, to defend faith, to defend family, to defend life. Nothing is too insignificant. Amen. Thank you for that encouragement. That really just, it lifts me to hear that and (laughs) and charges me. (laughs) You lift us up just in what you're doing. It's so encouraging. I think it's amazing because you did say like, my kids weren't affected as much as some of these other kids were. And the fact that you still hopped in that fight, I think that's, you know, to kind of what, what Maddie was saying, talking about you know, going ahead and and continuing a fight. It may not have reached your county yet, but that you could still fight within your own county. Like this may not be as impactful in your own county, but you can go ahead and start that fight because you never know when that moment is that that they are going to demand vaccines next or or anything else or even, you know, as we touched on the critical race theory or other other things that you can go ahead and start fighting against. So it's inspirational and I think it's amazing. So great job. And we're just thankful that you were able to join us and share your story. Thank you ladies for having me. And you know, all the, all the glory goes to God. He's, he just showed me a little thing and he used that little thing with my son to expose bigger things and it's all him. So I appreciate you ladies so much. Thank you so much. And we'll add all of the links that Hannah mentioned in the description. So you, everybody listening can kind of access those there. So it'll be really easy. And um, as always, if you haven't subscribed to the Ladies of Life Site podcast, you can do that on your favorite podcast platform or subscribe to our email list so you know when the next episode comes out. So thank you all for listening. And thank you, Hannah, for joining us today. And we just hope that you have a really blessed week and Hannah will be keeping you in our prayers in terms of your health and praying that the Lord just completely heals that since he used that as his wake up call. (laughs) So I appreciate you ladies so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you.